part of the struggle is what gets you there and just enjoying the process just enjoying your way there sometimes it's not about the success sometimes actually it's not about the success it's not about the end it's how you get there everybody's got an amazing story and so you know be proud of what you're going through and realize that struggle will be a success story one day All right, everyone, welcome to Pochi Bubble Tea Spill the Tea. Today, we have a very, very uh, unique guest. He is a friend of ours since, gosh, high school. Um, he was my roommate for a while. Crazy story there. He is a YouTube guru. This guy, if you guys have not seen, go check it out. It's on Amazon. Um, YouTube Secrets. He uh, he went, is the very... Um, zero to a hundred type of guy he's been he's been doing everything across the board and tried everything a true entrepreneur a true business mind uh individual um want to welcome benji to our podcast thank you it's so awesome to be here you know it's it's a it's amazing story what you guys started and i can't believe i'm at your podcast now so <laughs> thanks for having me well thanks for coming thanks. man why don't you let everybody because I, I know there's a lot of things that you have done along the way okay uh why don't you give our audience a little bit for those that may not have heard of you yet they're about to hear about you so right. give them a little something something about well, you well first off i'm a friend of yours uh goes way way back i mean obviously uh, also with arthur and uh grew up here in the pacific northwest north of seattle started off just really you know using youtube as somebody that was watching videos i used to work at a ymca and kids used to watch youtube videos um, yep. to learn how to break dance right proper term b-boying <laughs> and so um the reason i start that is because the last decade of my life has been consumed by youtube but the very beginning um, I wasn't ever thinking of it as a platform to basically create a lifestyle, right? Yep. Run a business. And so those days, I literally used it to promote uh, B-Boy Jams, events of ours. I was watching an old video of you and I yes. promoting it. Oh, man. This 360? 2005 or something like oh, that, gosh. maybe 2004. Yeah. Um, my first YouTube video that I uploaded was 2006 just to promote that Whoa. event. And so... Uh, when I first started, it was purely just something I used very casually. But my wife, uh, who then was my girlfriend, started a beauty channel. And uh, I used to laugh at her, told her oh. she was wasting her time. <laughs> and uh, I didn't think that it was going to go very far. But uh, she has a last laugh because of what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> about two years into it, she went full time on YouTube, convinced me that this was a real thing. Uh, we avoided going to makeup stores because she was getting makeup sent to her every single day. I, I realized, okay, there's an opportunity here. Uh, let's, you know, milk it for all it's worth. I thought it was going to be like 12 months. 14 years later, she's wow. my boss. Wow. <laughs> uh, wow. I've been a vlogger with her for over 10 years now. Started multiple channels. Uh, I wrote a book with my friend Sean Cannell called YouTube Secrets. So like you said, I've literally done it all. I've got a food channel. I always wanted to be on the Food Network. Got to yes. experience that. <laughs> Benjamin um, awesome. TV, yeah. man. Um, raising my family on YouTube, which is a fun experience, as well as I got to travel the world. So many amazing people I've met. And so it's hard to really explain what I've done. But in a nutshell, 
that's what it is. I'm consumed by YouTube. I love social media. I think that it has more good than bad, even though the press these days would convince you otherwise. And so my goal right now is to help other people, you know, follow their passion, make it into a profitable business and coach creators who do it full time. You know, one thing that I know I admire about you, and I've told Valen about this too a long time ago, yeah, how humble you are because you really helped with like as far as getting Judy's channel just take off and everything. We've had this discussion and you told me, and this stuck with me, you are the best number two. <laughs> Right, you, you you don't try to be the person in the front. You don't try like you know where you best uh, are, are are suited to support the team, and you put yourself in that position to support the team. And that was like, man, that's huge. That that rang that still rings in my head to till this day, that you know you know uh, where your strength is, and you definitely double down on that. And you're so humble with that. Yeah, I think self awareness is so important in life. Uh, it's not really talked about a lot. Oh, yeah. So I'm proud to be a number two, right? Obviously, everybody wants to be number one or they want to be out in front. Funny story, uh, because Arthur being here, he knows exactly what I'm talking about. It, this has been my position way before YouTube. Um, I always cling on to mentors and I like supporting the leader, whoever <laughs> is you know running the show. And so I talked about that B Boy Jan was called 360, and then Arthur started breaking the silence. Now, Arthur and I both know that a 360, I mean, I was full time at the YMCA, that was my job, but I had no problems letting Arthur be the front man, right? There'd be often times where I would show up at jams and I'd be promoting the event. And they'd see the uh, the flyer and they say, oh, this is Arthur's jam, right? I was like, oh, yeah, totally. I'm with Arthur, right? <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's so important to have a number two, a number three, have a team of people. If everybody's trying to be number one, things won't get done. So mm-hmm. I, I appreciate you highlighting that. And you've always been so good. And I feel like sometimes mm-hmm. maybe some people do. I don't know if this is you because they feel like they want to give me some flowers, like give me some credit. I guess that's where I'm different from other people. I don't mind that I don't get the credit or uh, people don't praise me. I've met so many YouTubers who after an hour of talking to me realize, okay, well, Benji's kind of knows what's going on with YouTube. Uh, I could learn a thing or two because previously they thought I was just the YouTube husband, right? I'm the guy (laughs) just playing with the kids, doing goofy dances (laughs) and – you know, I've always been behind the scenes. I'm still behind the scenes. Um, and, you know, I, I think that for me, that's where I'm comfortable. Yeah. You know, I, don't get me wrong. I've got my own channels where I'm the, you know, the, the star of the show. I'm in the limelight. But when it comes to my bigger vision, I always like connecting with somebody that I think has a true passion and a drive that's completely organic. Because I'm a businessman first, yeah. right? Yep. Before I'm a creator. And Judy, it's very obvious because she still edits every single day. She still edits. She's on a vacation right now, and she was editing. So we're talking 12 years. She's uploaded over 4,000 videos. Edit all by herself. All by herself. When you find somebody like that in your life, whether it's your wife, it's a business partner, or just somebody that you believe in, you know, I believe for, for what I do, I want to get 100% behind that. And so that's no different than when I was at the YMCA, working with Arthur, um, working with my mentors before on different programs. But, uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of my perspective of being a number two. 
I don't. I, that's the thing. The biggest thing that people don't really see is all the hard work that goes behind it. And you said your mm-hmm. first upload was 2006. Yep. Yep. It's 2023, mm-hmm. and it's taking that long to get where you guys are now. And you're still growing. Your business is expanding. And we we talk off off script and everything and off camera and stuff between the two of us. And you're expanding the business. Um, and it's taken a long time and it's taking, it's taken a lot of time. And I think that's something that uh, a lot of people, you know, it's, it's one of those things that Instagram, everybody just sees the, what's it? Everybody, the highlight, the highlight, the highlight reels. Right. But, um, I think I'm, I'm glad you're here because we get to talk about, um, some of the hard work that you've actually put into building what I would call your empire, the, the, uh, you know, the Travis empire, which is, it's still growing, which is so fun to see. Um, it's, it's being in Japanese class with you. We sat next to each other <laughs> oh, man. and we always, this we is getting real food. personal. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like Still sitting next to you, sharing food and stuff to, we still hang out and then r- randomly going around and people are like, Oh, can we take a photo? And like this guy, yeah, <laughs> this that's crazy. Guy. No, I, I want to say something. I actually thought about this, so it's not on the fly. Um, everybody wants to pay attention or pays attention to the success story. Yep. When there's a struggle story, that's even more important, right? The messy middle. And most people just struggle and that's it. And they quit or they move on to something else. It's those people that don't and just pursue and persist that get to the success story. The struggle story is absolutely part of it, but it's a struggle story to me that actually is important to learn from, yep. both as the individual going through it, as well as somebody maybe that's aspiring to become whatever it is you want to, you know, um, you know, go after. So uh, we didn't necessarily struggle, but again, I keep talking about that b-boy jam. I remember that's a good. You want to talk about a fun story of struggle when uh, when Arthur and I first put that on, nobody believed in us right yeah and yeah, everyone thought it was a like so we live in basically what's a farm town of yeah. seattle it's not anymore it's more like a suburb but back in the day there was literally strawberry fields in this I mean, city our, our high right? school was right by the cow exactly fields, so. uh we smelled the cow manure every, every morning day, right every morning and so when we wanted to put on this b-boy jam in the midst of like so many amazing events in the northwest mm-hmm. people almost kind of chuckled or laughed it off and that first event, we had maybe barely over 100 people. Yeah, barely. Right? Barely. Um, and then by the end of the, what, eight-year run when we were really going strong, mm-hmm. I would definitely say we're top three in the Northwest. Oh, At yeah. one point, um, we had over 1,000 people in one of these yeah. events, which is mm-hmm. freaking mind-blowing. Yeah. And uh, it, it no longer mm-hmm. was a like cheesy little event in the middle of nowhere, it was like the premier b-boy battle for crews. And so that's why I love sitting here with Arthur in terms of that season, because that was the struggle story, right? Yeah. We uh, That video, I'm telling you, we should like either show it or talk <laughs> about it. We were going to record stores in Seattle. We drove all the way to malls in love Vancouver, that. BC. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We went to places that now I'm thinking about. It's like, why would you even go there? But we were struggling to just get people there. We went to every single B-Boy Jam. Just hit the ground. I mean, you tell me, what, what else did we do that now you can't even fathom because we have technology makes it so easy? Yeah, I'll just 
just the amount of like paper flyers we passed out was kind of crazy. Like, I remember getting those. Yeah, we and we passed them out everywhere: schools, record mm-hmm. stores, malls. Paper flyers. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm embarrassed to say we had paper flyers. Went to all the other YMCA's across like the Northwest, from like you know all the way up in mm-hmm. was that Burlington. We couldn't even afford regular flyers. I remember it yeah. was like we we so we worked at a YMCA. Um, uh, Arthur was a volunteer there. Um, so we had a, like a copy machine and we literally printed on golden rod paper yep. and we hand cut <laughs> all these things and handed it. those out. That is so crazy. Cut them into circles because 360. 360. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. We're innovative. <laughs> wow. Hey, shout out to, uh, Jennifer. So Jennifer was the, also the co-founder of that event and uh, one reason I want to give her credit is because she literally had to hand cut all those circle flyers for us. That's wow. crazy. Yeah, yeah, I did not know Florendo. that. Yeah. Yeah. So those were the s- struggle stories that made the success story what it is. You know, mm-hmm. everybody wants to kind of skip it. They don't even know they're skipping it. They just want to get right to that. And so everything in life, including YouTube and social media, is just the same. It's all humble beginnings. I mean, I, honestly, like that's kind of where we all kind of came from. It's just kind of humble beginnings, which is kind of cool. Um, I still remember our living room was nothing in it except two hand-me-down seats. Struggle story. Yeah. <laughs> and this was uh, back when Blockbuster was actually a thing. And we, we each got the unlimited rentals, and we just walked down the street to Blockbuster, hand in the we old We milked ones. that membership. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. We milked it because we couldn't afford we didn't have TV. Cable. Yeah. And so we went to Blockbuster every day before there was a Netflix, before you could connect it to the internet. And so <laughs> our TV was Blockbuster. It was literally everything. That was just after we both worked full-time jobs, right? Yep. And we were both in martial arts, too, and doing all kinds of stuff. This is on top of us doing our different activities. So, yeah, I do remember those days. And uh, I remember that living room. We had two couches. I I wouldn't even call it a couch. It was like a wicker basket that was on, like, a stand, (laughs) right? And then you had a proper couch, like Lazy Boy. It was like a little swivelly thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It was weird. I'm not kidding you. In addition to that, we had a TV and a lamp. That was our whole living room. Yeah, the lamp in the corner. So just imagine that picture. Now we live in proper homes. And the shades that, and the shades that were cut. Oh, my gosh, yeah. That was, uh, he, he liked to practice in the living room and cut the uh, yeah. I was practicing I about that. Yeah, I was practicing yeah. with a sword in the living room. I literally just came home one day, and they were cut in half. <laughs> and uh, I looked at him. He's like, I was practicing with a sword. I literally didn't say anything. I just went right into my room. Like, okay. <laughs> But we were on the second floor. It didn't matter. That was that was fun times, man. Even even up to that point, leading up to that point, I remember like um, I was living was that in a the basement. I was renting out a basement that you were oh, gonna yeah. rent out. Yep, yep. And then somebody, the landlord was saying, "Oh yeah, somebody's gonna rent out the room." And the door, the knock came, and there's Benji. I'm like, "What are you doing here?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, you know, we were both really young. You were way younger than me because I didn't realize you weren't 18 yet. That's <laughs> another story. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I remember that's why you and I are close because it was at a time where we were both 100% independent. I oh, would yeah. argue you were even more independent than me. Um, but I moved out. I was about 18, and I was going to move into my first place. 
But then when I met you, we quickly had coffee. I don't think we actually drank coffee. We went somewhere else. <laughs> and uh, we were chatting. We're like, we should just move in together into like a proper apartment. And so we went to go apply to that apartment when we had no money. It was, and I think that's like assisted living or yeah, it was a, like not assisted. Low it's income. like a low, low income, income uh, apartments, uh, which is crazy to think how much we paid there. It's so little, right? right? <laughs> oh my gosh! But we couldn't move in right away because uh, somebody wasn't eighteen yet and mm. didn't tell me that. So mm-hmm. we had to wait three months. <laughs> that was fun. Oh man, yeah, it was a uh, low income, and we were still kind of struggling. I remember I was still struggling. I call it the chicken and rice days because literally that's what I ate. Chicken, chicken and, rice. and rice, right? I ramen, bought chicken and, and a bulk. Of course, rice was much more cheaper back then. I lived across the street from where I work, so I didn't need that much money. And I didn't have a commute. We both didn't really have a commute, no, so yeah. we didn't need a lot. But, we, you know, I don't know how you felt, but I didn't look at it as a struggle i was excited i was like man this is no it wasn't a struggle struggle like maybe like financially i know i was like counting but like as far as our day-to-day it was it was fun like we were doing the things that we enjoyed i think that's another thing too when i thought about what we would talk about today because i know we're talking about what people don't see what helps us get through those struggle stories or the the years that you know most people don't enjoy is your perspective yeah we had a good perspective we were very optimistic we were really hungry literally but also hungry for life (laughs) and in you know what we were doing (laughs) so we got through those times without the kind of uh negativity um and the pessimism that most people have and that's never left me even to this day when you could absolutely say i had success and i'm comfortable i'm definitely not eating just chicken and rice right i eat whatever i want um i still have that same perspective and that's what's helped me throughout all the struggles nice yeah definitely like not having much it's i think it's really led to a certain level of appreciation for what you do have nothing with we were definitely not handed anything at that point so but like kind of looking at your journey benji it was just kind of interesting because i do remember working at the outlet mall for a while and i remember judy working at that oh yeah makeup spot like down the way and then all of a sudden she was gone and next thing i knew the makeup youtube thing for her just blew up it was i know it wasn't overnight that i know for sure but it seemed like overnight because it was like one day she's there one day she's not and then one day her makeup youtube channel is just everywhere Mm -hmm. so what was that process like for i mean i even remember you guys recording in your room at one point in time yeah and just to maybe give some numbers for context uh, judy and i have been legit youtubers creators for over a decade Uh, we've got on one channel over a billion views judy's uploaded four thousand videos on uh, numerous other channels i've easily uploaded a few hundred videos myself Um, We've made a living off of YouTube full-time since 2010. Um, Judy kind of struggled through uh, making a living since 2008. And so we've gone through the whole evolution. But how it started is, yeah, makeup. So Judy had a passion for makeup. And she was watching other women who were teaching makeup tips and hair styles on YouTube. And then she thought, you know what? I want to do this. 
just purely because I think I could share something maybe from the perspective of a non-professional. Yeah. And so she was making videos and she probably didn't even know like who's going to watch this. She just wanted to do it because she saw other women doing yeah. it. Michelle Fawn is one of the OGs, like the true makeup guru. They don't like using that term, but that's what they were, right? Um, and so she basically replicated it from, from her own voice, very authentic, very organic, didn't really think it through. But her first setup when I used to, you know, make fun of her <laughs> was shoe boxes for her tripod. It was literally three or four shoe boxes to I get the uh, <laughs> camera at the right height. We're talking $60 camera. You remember back in the day, we'd go clubbing. We actually had the camera, right? I didn't have the camera. I remember women always had that camera. That was the camera she used, right? We're talking the 2000. Clubbing camera. The clubbing, the clubbing camera. camera. And then you okay. go upload it. You go upload it when you get home and then upload it to uh, MySpace, and that's how you got pictures. Yes, young people. MySpace. Oh, we're going way Wait to get that picture up online, right? Um, so that's what she used, and then she had – the oldest crappiest uh laptop and she used a free editing software that's how she got started and she really had that set up for a good six months and i thought you know what i should get her a tripod so i thought i was a hero getting her the tripod <laughs> and then eventually when this was like there was just so many boxes everywhere and we she she actually had her set up at the corner of our bedroom right yeah. at the time in front of the window because she got natural light, light. Yeah. i thought you know I'm going to do her a huge favor and let her have half my real estate office, right? Because back then I was a real estate agent, not realizing that, yes, she had half the room. I got a proper desk. I put up lights and the the production team's going to appreciate this. I didn't understand, uh, you know, temperatures and, you know, warm and uh, bright lights. So literally she had a mix of light bulbs. So she would go from like a nice, perfect, bright, you know, skin tone to like yellow. And so she's like, honey, I'm showing my makeup, but it's changing colors. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Right. Her background was my desk. I wasn't, and this was not conscious. I wasn't trying to be in her videos. I just didn't, I didn't understand production at all. I didn't understand. I just thought, you know, she just needs a space to be able to do what she does. Literally, I'm on my computer in the background and it's all my post-it notes, my, my, my desktop computer. It's a mess, right? I have my, my like cork board where I had all my notes and everything. That was how she got started. That's how the It's Judy Time was born. And so that's the beginning of our YouTube journey. I really got involved outside of the production, which wasn't even that good, um, as her business manager. And so even in the beginning, I was just doing her a favor again, like with my spare time, to help her with these negotiations. At first, it was just like getting free makeup. Yeah. So there was none. It's just yeah. like, hey, we're going to send it to you. Could you please talk about it? Some people said, yeah, you have to talk about it. And so at one point when they were starting to offer money, she didn't really understand or know what to do. I didn't either, but I acted like I did, right? <laughs> I felt like I knew. I love that. <laughs> but I enjoy being on the phone. I love yeah. negotiation. Like I said, <laughs> oh, business yeah. for me is fun. It's not scary. Even if I don't know what I'm doing, I'll just kind of figure it out yeah. along the way. Oh, yeah. And even when I did it, I was just having fun because I didn't take it that seriously. I wasn't looking to create a whole career or business out of it. I was just like, I'm going to help you out. You're making money. That's awesome. You, you probably should get paid more money. And that was really the beginning of my journey 
on both YouTube as well as being a creator with her. And so that was 2008, 9, and 10. I was helping part-time. 2011, I went full-time. She was already full-time. And then we got married, and then it was the rest is history. I love that. That yeah. is such a fun story. I, yeah. I love What I love about that story, too, is that you both of you just started. Like, yep. <laughs> you, you just started and went and w- went for it even if it wasn't all perfect, right? Like, oh, yeah. Even, Definitely wasn't perfect. Yeah, even with, like, if you guys knew about what the background looked like and all those little details, like, I feel like that would stop a lot of people, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. from, from just starting in the first place. So I love that you guys just did it anyways. And those videos are still up, right? Um, yeah, most of them are still up. In the beginning, there was a lot of copyright issues with music. There was no rules, really. It wasn't, like, really known. So she used some mainstream music. So some of those videos got taken down or she took them down. Uh But a lot of the early ones from 2008 and 9 are still up there. You can kind of see it if you can find it because it changed the whole way to look for videos. But, yeah, it's it's really important to consider that if you're going to start anything Mm – you can't worry about what other people are thinking. Because if Judy worried about what I thought, she would have just stopped, yeah. right? Yeah, and that's I'm, true. Yeah. She, I'm supposed to be the one person she can trust, and I'm like, uh, you know, like just discounting what she was doing. I mean, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened in my life outside of marrying her and having kids. This is like crazy. And if she was derailed by that or just – and we grew up, like I said, I say farm town. It legit was a farm town, <laughs> yeah. okay, when we moved there. <laughs> a chicken manure smells, uh, strawberry fields, and the only thing that replaced it was just housing, right? Even to this day, our <laughs> yeah. downtown still looks the same, which is sad. <laughs> and nobody in 2008 back then was thinking, let's start a YouTube channel. Back then, it wasn't even a thing to be an identity, right? Like a yeah. personality on YouTube. Okay. You use YouTube yeah. for promoting something yep. or recording yourself and putting it out there, but never thinking, I'm going to get known from this. Yep. You were just doing it very, I'd say, uh, altruistically. You're, you're just doing it because you thought somebody else might benefit from this, right? Yep. Or it's just fun. Mm-hmm. And if you worried about, and that's why those early days, the people that were on there, really, in my opinion, were the most organic, most passionate people. Because nowadays, nothing wrong with it. Some of the motives are, I could make money, right? I could get famous. This is a necessary part of my business. Those early years, whoever started, I have a lot of respect for and still have relationships with all those people because they did it purely because there was something they loved and they just wanted to do it. And if you let somebody's opinion stop you, just as important today, maybe more important because now people really are gunning yep. for you, mm-hmm. um, that would be a shame mm-hmm. because everything that Judy's accomplished, my wife, and everything that we've experienced would not have happened because I know there's people mm-hmm. that didn't think this was cool, including myself, yeah. right? <laughs> and so, yes. Yeah, well, I think, like I think the level of authenticity at that point, too, was much greater. Because like we were saying right now, is the, there's ulterior motives sometimes by mm-hmm. hopping on a YouTube so you can get business. Right. So I think just purely out of, like, this is fun. I want to do this just because I want to. It was mm-hmm. A lot of people were a lot more authentic. I'm not saying that they aren't now. Yeah. It's just back then when being YouTube a YouTuber wasn't really a business, it was kind of just like, this is great. This is yeah. fun. 
And you I think that's why it. a lot of people really connected to um, yeah. your channels and Judy's channels because you kind of, you kind of see that shine through in her videos, right? Mm -hmm. You can really see that it was authentic and like she was enjoying the process. Mm -hmm. And and I think people can relate to that. Yeah. And and when they can see that and relate to that, it's like it makes it more appealing to watch. Mm -hmm. So I kind of want to circle back to, well, you've had all this experience, all this work with YouTube and stuff. And then eventually the culmination of that, one a point of it at least, was your book, YouTube Secrets. And I got to appreciate, say that I really appreciate the audio book to that because <laughs> you were re you were the one reading it. Yeah. And Sean was reading it too, yep. right? So it was like, the, I love it when the authors read their own books. Mm -hmm. There's just so much that comes out of it. Yeah. Um, but... Like all that has gotten to the point where you wrote that book. So like that, can you, can you kind of dive into that journey? Like what led you into writing that book and deciding, you know what, um, all my experience, because it's, it's an easy book to read. It's very it, helpful. It is really easy. And we're proud of that too. Yeah. You guys made it really easy for people to just understand where to start, yeah. how to start. Yeah. Um, but can you kind of dive into like what led up to that book? Yeah, for sure. Um, I got to flex a little bit here. This is one thing I'm really <laughs> proud of. It is an easy book to read, right? Yeah. And that's why it's the number one book for YouTube. No one can even touch that book. I mean, go to Amazon. Even if you try to buy another YouTube book, this gets suggested by Amazon. Hey, awesome. often people buy this book too. And so it's just crazy what's happened. But um, it's a good point that a lot of people don't understand. It's it's easy to read, easy to listen to. We do have the second edition, which is longer, right? But back in the day, you could have, you could have really had a long weekend and finished the book. Now it's going to be maybe two weekends, but still, it, it's great. Um, how the book idea started was 2014. Mm -hmm. My friend Sean Cannell, um, who at the time lived, I believe, in Las Vegas, he, I met him here in the Seattle area, um, was flying back, and he had listened to a, a, like, a, like a podcast or something about somebody who had a business called Book in the Box, right? And they were just talking about the importance of having a book. And at the same time, Sean, who is a co-author of the book, him and I geeked out on YouTube. So we were really early in thinking about YouTube as this proper platform because we saw how positive it was on our life. Yep. At the time, he was using it for his job in the church that he was working at um, to market their services, and he was working for other entrepreneurs. For me, it was more as a creator, right? Judy being the creator, yep. I was a vlogger at the time, and we were understanding things that now is common knowledge. You kind of have to have a YouTube channel if you're a brand and you want to create content that's going to reach a global audience. But back then, it still was in, in its um, beginning stages. And we thought, you know, there's not really a book about this. And he had this idea, like, I think I need to get a book. And uh, we got like, to do this together. I don't know how it worked if, like, I snuck my way into the book or if he, like, <laughs> said, you want to read it? We don't know. We just we're so we were so passionate and we were so close as friends. And we didn't have anybody to talk about. We thought, let's just do this. Nice. And nice. Um, well, let's sign up with this company. Back then, they were called Book in the Box because we had never written a book yeah. before, had no experience. I like to write. I enjoy it. Sean, he also is a great writer, but he also is just smart in general, like yeah. how to put things together. And so we decided, hey, let's partner. In fact, there's a video, end of 2014. This is also on YouTube. 
in my backyard. This is when I was daily vlogging. So like I had a camera. I was like, bro, let's start a YouTube channel for the book too, right? He's like, it makes sense. Yeah. Let's let's <laughs> prove, let's prove what we're gonna put in the book. And so yeah. also just to give some context, the book is how to start a YouTube channel, how to understand the platform, and basically become a full time creator, or use it for your business, right? And we thought, hey, we're gonna apply the principles. We didn't really think it through like this. It's just like, it makes sense. Let's start a YouTube channel to promote the book. So I filmed it right there on the spot. It's yeah. funny because this is probably the only time I've ever seen Sean nervous on camera before because <laughs> I have been vlogging. He's a natural. Yeah, he's a natural now after literally thousands of videos. <laughs> but um, I knew the importance of starting this YouTube channel. I said, hey, this is going to be your first video. Let's tell people about it. That was 2014. We thought it was going to take six months, right? Another struggle story here. <laughs> Four years. Ooh. Four years of just life and running the business and opportunity and stresses and all this and that. We never quit, right? Um, and the original price for a book in the box was 10000 and we'll honor it, right? But then they changed their business name to Scribe. So shout out to Scribe. Um, and by the end of our four years, the fee was like 30 grand, right? So we felt like super Whoa. lucky. <laughs> but 10 grand back then, yeah, even though I, I was doing lot. pretty good and he had a full-time job, was a lot of money to spend on something we didn't know like what would happen yeah. with it. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're not like, we're first-time authors. The whole point of Scribe is to help you write the book, right? Yeah. They're like the ghostwriters behind the scenes. You're the author, proper author, but they're just putting everything together because they're under. And we self-published, so we didn't get a publisher or anything like that. Um, so we uh, we published it, self-published, in 2018. And that book um, has helped so many creators, so many people, kids and grown people, uh, entrepreneurs, and people that want to be a creator. So I'm really proud of that book. And now it's in its second edition because, you know, we're writing a book for YouTube, yeah. right? Well, if, if the question is, and Gary Vaynerchuk, I was yeah. on his podcast and he asked me because he was promoting the book for us. He's yeah. like, why would you write a book, Benji? Why didn't you just make videos? Which we did, right? Yeah. That yeah. channel, by the way, it's called Video Influencers. Hundreds of, of videos, hundreds of interviews. Um, you know, we've had all kinds of YouTubers and creators, um, half a million subscribers. And that's just like, we called it the side hustle channel, right? Yeah. But it's like a legit channel. But uh, when Gary asked me that, like, why would you write the book? And... It was so easy. It was like, because there's still a lot of people that don't know the opportunity of YouTube yeah. and are reading books, right? Mm -hmm. The second reason, though, is because in this day and age, it's not as common to have like an artifact, like yeah. something. Mm -hmm. So a book is like your business card. Yep. It's the ultimate business card. Oh, yeah. I mean, like it's everything that you've learned, you know, it's decades put into that, you know, little pamphlet. And so that was the other reason, and we want like people to have something and a reference point. But the the number actually the most important reason is because we want to help other people experience what we experience yeah. and get that success. We tell people about the struggles right up front. We don't sugarcoat it. Um, in fact, we we share the stories so that you know that hey, we went through it too. We yeah. know what you're going through, and at the end of this is a ton of opportunity. And I can't tell you how many YouTubers, creators, um, 
even like people that aren't YouTubers, but just use YouTube and maybe they're on Instagram, come up to me all the time saying, thank you so much for writing that book. That was kind of the beginning or, you know, I was going through some hard times and that really, you know, motivated me. Um, I'm really proud of this. Sorry, I'm just ranting on this. <laughs> I love it. My it number, good. the number, the first comment on the Amazon listing for yeah. YouTube secrets was from a YouTuber that had a million subscribers. Whoa. And it was a big deal because the book was really written more for beginners. Yeah. But we knew it would help anybody, including Mm full-time creators. And uh, he said, you know, I read this book. I'm already a full-time YouTuber. But I can tell you not only is everything that they talk about the truth, it's important for me to read this and be reminded of what it takes to be successful on this platform i was like whoa my gosh i couldn't ah, believe see. it we were like waiting for the first comment right and it came pretty quick who knows he might have been trying to get exposure too but yeah <laughs> it was it had nothing to do with our niche and i still that was my favorite comment ever because it really was why i wrote, wrote the book because i'd say the last thing i want to say in relation to that is you can learn all these skills. I told you I didn't know how to light, right? Like I definitely don't use lamps to light my wife's setup, right? I have proper, <laughs> proper, you know, equipment now. Uh, the the algorithm, editing, um, you know, understanding, you know, how to tag and all that stuff. Anybody can figure that out. There's not just books. There's a ton of videos. Everything's out there. The, yep. Even if you have to pay for stuff. There's going to be courses that will teach you at least step-by-step everything to do. The number one most important aspect of succeeding on YouTube and social media is never quitting. Yep. Is persistence. And that's what I hope that book and anything I do, including this podcast, will do for somebody. Because that's why I led with the struggle story. If you just get through those struggles, there's success on the other side. You might not even know for sure. That's true. Like what it is you're learning or what what it is you're gaining, but it is. And I feel like you guys should talk because you guys have your success <laughs> story. This is one reason yeah. I'm so proud of what you guys created because I remember at the beginning, right? Pochi's oh. bubble tea was wasn't what it is today. It was, it was you know? interesting. Even me, I was like, doing. "Hey, are you sure you want to do a bubble tea shop?" I mean, it's like you guys never ran a bubble tea shop, and I've been there. It's, not the best place or anything like that. Well, I'll tell you what. Arthur had some balls because I was like, hey, can I borrow a ton of money to do this? Because I'm broke. In fact, I'm not even broke. I'm like negative. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he, this guy has some major cojones just to let me borrow some money from him and get and get the business started. So. And none of us have worked in food or beverage at all. Yeah. So we had no business running a bubble tea shop. No. <laughs> no. Sales. I love that, like, with with uh, you having chatted with Gary and stuff, like, mm-hmm. meeting him, that, like, changed the way I managed the team. So that was, like, it's kind of funny, too, because he says about, like, you know, 70% of the people that meet me for the first time don't like him. I was part of that 70% because um, somebody, the person that introduced me to Gary, I was like, why the fuck is this guy cussing so much? <laughs> well, yeah. I'm cussing so much, too. And it was, like, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Like, I, I do it a lot. But, like, when I first, when I first came across Gary, I was like, I, I don't know. I don't know after a while like listening to him and stuff he was i mean the guy spit some bars Mm -hmm. and when i actually got to talk to him and meet him in person in canada it was like kind of cool because it was the person that you see is a person that is there Mm -hmm. um and so that that really helped me like change the way i manage and like work with the team and then so something that he says too is is you got to really enjoy the journey 
like when yeah. you're when you're talking about the struggle right part of the struggle is what gets you there yeah. and just enjoying the process just enjoying your way there sometimes it's not about the success sometimes actually it's not about the success it's not about the end it's how you get there and that's more important than anything can i, think. I disagree with you yeah go for it man. <laughs> <laughs> because you're my friend i can disagree yeah. with you hell yeah so easily but i feel like you and i probably have a, a similar perspective I thought about this today too. I was uh, working out at the gym mm -hmm. and I was using the row machine, right? Yeah. And uh, I don't think anybody really, really, truly enjoys the struggle. Yeah. Okay. Um, we have a perspective where we we kind of like see we have gratitude mm -hmm. and we're positive minded, but like when shit sucks, it just is horrible. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I and I always tell people embrace it, but I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I was yeah. like. It's going to be crappy, and you're not going to want to be here again. In fact, it's going to drive you to never return to that place oh, again. Yeah. Yeah. Even Gary, right, who's super successful, he talks about his struggle days uh, when, you know, like he had to work at his parents' liquor shop every single day while all his friends were, you know, out doing stuff. And he, he claimed all these years that, oh, you know what, I, I knew what I was doing yeah. and whatever. And now, hindsight, he says, no, I wish I, like, maybe spent more time with some friends yeah. or enjoyed yeah, life that. or whatever. Interesting how, like, perspectives change, mm -hmm. right? But the point I'm trying to make is maybe not falling in love or enjoying that, like, the struggle, but falling in love with what gets you through that. And so talking about the row machine, right? So I rode today for 55 minutes, okay? Anybody that's worked out, especially if you're working out for the first time, it's mind-numbing doing the same thing over and yeah. over and over. You and I both know, I mean, Arthur, you too, right? Like, but martial arts, you have to do one punch a, a thousand times, yeah. maybe a hundred thousand times. It is mind-numbing. Fall in love with the rep, though, okay? With every time you pull. And what I mean is, even though it's mind-numbing to do it and, like, you get bored, most people just quit, right? They can't go an hour because it's just they need their, you know, they're, they're addicted to their phones. They need to be listening to something. They want to be doing something that I think is beneficial. They don't see, like, the good in it. Um, but if you fall in love with the rep or you at least enjoy it, know that every single time you pull that machine, right, this row machine, that's adding or that's getting you one step closer to that mm -hmm. success story, mm -hmm. right? It's hard when things are really bad to see the light at the end of the tunnel. So just be super focused. And so I was thinking about this as I'm rowing the machine, and this is my secret, okay? Mm -hmm. This is where when I say disagree, you know, I, you and I are on the same oh, page yeah. with this, right? I get micro-focused on this rep. And I just, uh, I just got to pull it. I just got to pull it. I just got to pull it. Same thing with YouTube videos. I just got to post. I just got to post. The last C in the seven C's of success for YouTube is consistency, yep. right? And we don't dive into it enough because we have a whole book to write. But if there's one thing I could add or one thing I could leave anybody with in terms of getting to that uh, light, just focus on that rep, right? And the rep could, for you, it does, I don't know, it, what's your business? For you guys, is the bubble tea, right? Mm -hmm. Make that bubble tea. Mm -hmm. Make that bubble tea. Make every bubble tea a little bit better, right? Not even 1%, like half a percent. But you do that 1,000 times, 10,000 times. The bubble tea, 20,000 later, mm -hmm. is going to be way better than the first one. And so you just 
you just focus on that one thing. Too many people just like the, the mind numbing reps, it just gets to them versus for me, every time I pull, that's easy to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. And don't worry about where you're at, what people think. I told you, like, you know, don't let people's opinions or what they say bother you. Just focus on that rep and you just do that, do that. It's kind of like you were talking about some people get so close mm-hmm. to the gold, right? The gold mm-hmm. mine, right? And they stop. Yeah. I literally just keep chipping away until I'm dead. That's kind of how it looks like. <laughs> See, this, is what, this is what I love about this guy right here. So, you so, don't have to die, you know? No, 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 you'll, no. Get, you'll get to the goal. And here's the thing is like, we, I love that you say this, that we are, we disagree on some stuff and we're friends. And it's still like, it's, it's not really, I think what I talk about is, regarding the subject is not necessarily um i think we are our, our idea of approach is different but our execution is very similar because the way i look at this too is like i i totally see what you're saying there and the way i look at it is a little bit different and i think that's why we disagree on it but we st- i think our approach is so similar well, like we talked about martial artists too, yeah that's so the thing when know. you say martial arts <laughs> yeah. so like I, I, I relate this to dopamine, right? Because when somebody looks at the success, that's the dopamine right there at the end. Yeah. The the more you train yourself, and this is why having a There's nine no to five. There's no dopamine in the shit, the suck. Oh, you know what? what? Actually, I disagree with that. <laughs> oh, okay, for you. I disagree <laughs> with that. <laughs> I, that's, that's right. So, so here's he the thing. He likes to punish like, himself. Yeah. I, I love punishing myself. I love it when it hurts. And that's, that's just me. One person's perspective, that's just me. Okay, so here's the thing. Like, um, this is why I think I can ever work a nine to five Monday to Friday because mm. it's like you always look forward to the weekend, right? There's that dopamine hit at the very end, which makes Monday to Friday really long, mm-hmm. right? The nine to five sucks for me, one person's opinion, because you're looking for that dopamine at the end of the day, right? This is why I enjoy the process, I enjoy the pain because let's talk about let's talk about the punching, right? That punch that one thousand times of punches, when you punch a hundred times and when you do it properly, it sucks. Because it takes your whole body. That punch isn't just a punch. It's your whole body into it. And if I focus on, okay, if I do this a thousand times, my last punch at the thousandth, the thousandth punch is going to be just on point. Well, that's my dopamine hit at the end. And I don't want to get there because that 999 punches is going to really suck. So I focus <laughs> on every single punch, the process, the, the pull that you're talking about. And even though maybe the... 550 second punch really sucks and it hurts it's like ooh, i pivoted my hip just right yes Mm -hmm. 553 oh you know what my shoulder pivoted just my shoulder just went right into that that was good like every single one has a kind of a win for me so no matter how much the struggle is every step of the journey no matter how much it sucks no matter how much it's absolute shit i love it because there's always (laughs) a micro win in every single thing like that's again mm-hmm. that's one person's perspective. This is me and yeah. uh, Ralph sparring right now. Yeah, but, but you're listening to both of your your guys's kind of like approach at it. It's kind of like it is kind of similar though. It's like you guys find your own joy yeah. or passion or um, like optimism in some part of that rep of that struggle. Part of the journey. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think because both of you guys are able to do that, that's what keeps you going. Mm-hmm. So, like, your approaches are very similar, but you guys find a, just something a little different. We in, think of it that. differently, I think. Yeah. We're also Asian, too, so like, <laughs> yeah. pain is part of the, part of the part process. Of process. <laughs> <Yep>. No avoiding it. <laughs> yeah, you know, again, I, I talk about Arthur because he's here. Um, 
he's one of the greatest b boys I personally know that I've ever seen. Oh yeah, right. Atrix, um, look it up. Person. And uh, I was like, I, I don't even know. It's like, what are, what are the chances? I was looking at all these uh, b-boy battles that we threw, the 360, right? And there are so many times I remember because we worked together and he would practice at the YMCA. I mean, one practice and another practice didn't look that different. And so we want to talk about mind-numbing reps, okay? And I could see, like, <laughs> I saw the stress in his eyes sometimes, right? <laughs> it's like, I'm not getting this or whatever. Um, another fun story, the last significant 360 in the sense that, that I was part of that I planned, Arthur and his crew won. And yeah. that was arguably the biggest prize, too, because there was a prize for mm -hmm. it. And I was watching that video when you guys won that. Pretty epic because – the best b-boy crews in the northwest were coming to our jam yeah. and they were winning it right yeah. massive yeah. monkeys dance brooms um there's a few others yeah, so sometimes even from like out of from state california and from canada they for were sure down, yeah. and so um and arthur's crew at the time when they won wasn't just all people from that town we grew up in um it was a mix but there was a few right from our area mm -hmm. so it, you know that's a good example I, and I knew Arthur when he first started and like mm -hmm. getting a windmill, which is the most basic thing, was like a big deal, right? It was. Right? Also right? very mind-numbing just over and over again until you get it. And you remember winning that last battle, right? Like how good did that feel? That was a That's big good. price. That's good, yeah. yeah <laughs> that was good. <laughs> and it, it makes all those. I mean, I don't, is there anything you want to speak to? Because I think that especially with b-boying, it doesn't lead to – a business or a career for most people just yeah. it's not there's not it's not a huge industry mm -hmm. right so it's even more mind-numbing because it's like you're just doing this <laughs> purely for the the love of dance mm -hmm. yeah purely for the love of it i mean i i've i've been out of the scene for a while now so definitely things have changed um like obviously now like a lot of the dancers nowadays when it comes to breaking like now breaking is in the olympics yeah. And you have Team USA preparing for that yeah. and a whole bunch yeah. of other teams. Um, I That was actually one of my dreams back then to try to go and do that. But, um, yeah, nowadays there's just so much more opportunity, at least compared to when I was doing it. Maybe, like you said, if I just kept doing it, kept going, I could maybe I could have been part of Team USA. Who knows? <laughs> but I know my body doesn't feel like it would agree with that. But as far as, like, breaking goes um, – or even just dance in general is, you know, you're a dancer as well. Like going along with being consistent, the consistency and mm -hmm. um, how you said, how you yeah. hyper-focus on that rep. Same thing with dancing is like we, you hyper-focus on like the, at least for us, it'd be like we focus on the details of each individual movement. And sometimes we do that movement over and over again yeah. until the details are exactly how we want it and we execute the way we want to. Mm -hmm. And who knows how long that could take. Sometimes it could take a day sometimes weeks, sometimes months. Sometimes it took me years to get one single move that I wanted. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's just, it's got to, whether you enjoy the pain <laughs> like Ralph or, Aww. you know, it, you just, you just have to, you just have to kind of push through it and know that you will come out on the other side regardless. And with the practice and like putting in those reps, right? It's not just going through the motions either, right? Because just putting in and going through the motions and just doing it yeah. also doesn't 
make sense. Like it doesn't produce any results yep. in the long run, right? Mm -hmm. It's actually the intention behind it too, right? So like part of bringing in that enjoyment and bringing in the techniques and making sure you're doing things like correctly or how you want it and making sure you do something a little different each time mm -hmm. is part of bringing that intention into each rep so that you can improve or that you do see progress too. Exactly. So you can't just be like mindlessly like going through it or yeah. else you yeah. don't get that's, it. That's really true. Good you know? yeah, that's I thought true. I was saying... Uh, improvement mm -hmm. one percent yeah. improvement every single time you know i'm looking at a whole bunch of people behind the camera right breaking the third wall here <laughs> and i can just tell you i'm not a camera guy i know production enough to just do my own thing but you know like kudos to the professionals including in this room yep. any one mm -hmm. of these guys in here that's filming us right now will mm -hmm. tell you it doesn't matter how much school you go to what course you take you know, what video you watch, what you read, it's time behind the lens. Mm -hmm. That's going to give you the experience, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I'm telling you from personal experience, the best photographers, the best videographers, best people are literally the people that have pressed that shutter the most times with a little bit of improvement every mm -hmm. single time, right? Yeah. And uh, one thing to speak to your whole pain thing um, <laughs> Because it's funny, I am, I got a high threshold for pain too, yep. but the pain dissipates over time, mm -hmm. right? Um, That's true. Going back to cameras, right? My Lord, I wanted to throw that camera so many times because I didn't know how to do white balance and all this stuff. Like, it was so stressful. But you know what? Over time, it dissipates because you start getting used to it. You start learning, right? Your body gets stronger. Your mind has, uh, you know, like a stronger will. And so... That's one more thing I would say, going back to like, how do you succeed on YouTube and social media, really in life, getting through the struggles, the pain will go away. It's mm -hmm. funny how our bodies mm -hmm. and our spirits can like, over time, start handling more than you could ever know. Yep. And um, again, people run from pain. Like they literally take pills to kill the pain, right? And I'm not hugging the pain. I'm not like Ralph. We're like, I love this. <laughs> but I embrace. I'm like, okay, yeah. this sucks so bad. How do I fix it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? And so the only way you do it by improving little by little by little, right? Having patience again, but that's another thing. Like nobody likes to be patient. Let's be for reals, okay? Yeah. Nobody <laughs> likes waiting in line. But guess what? Eventually you get to the front, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, that the, the pain will go away because I know a lot of people right now, especially – are experiencing pain or some mm -hmm. kind of struggle, like legit real stuff, not like, oh, man, my YouTube video is not getting views kind of stuff, like <laughs> legit health concerns and mm -hmm. finances and just what's going on in the world. That, too, will go away. And I know this from personal experience. The chicken and rice days, right, <laughs> um, that wasn't forever. That was probably, I don't know, like a year or two, right? I think we were there for a couple of years. Two, right? Two but uh, it, going back to improvement, if we didn't have not just the perspective, but the work ethic to yep. get to the next stage, we might still be living together in an apartment, which would be very scary. <laughs> <laughs> I love you and everything. I can't do that anymore. <laughs> Those are fun oh, times, though. Yes, it was. Well, before we close this out, do you have any last words for our audience? Any last words of wisdom? I know we you spilled a lot of mm -hmm. yeah. um, a lot of gems today. I mean, if you guys were listening carefully, there was a lot to be heard. But any last words of wisdom that you would want to share with anyone, everyone? 
uh, I didn't plan this out, um, but thinking about the name of this podcast, Spill the Tea, right? Um, everybody wants to know, you know, what they went through. What's the real thing or what's the secret? Realize your own secrets and the your own story is what's most important, right? And like add to that, build to that. And uh, rather than waiting for the answer from somebody else, you already have the answers. You just have to have the will to like utilize it and to get to the next place. You know, for me personally, coaching creators, my goal is to make you better, to like help you succeed at a higher level. And I'll tell people my stories. I, I use other people's examples. But I always, the number one way I get anybody motivated, this is my secret, I just make you feel like a badass because you have a story too, right? Everybody's got an amazing story. And so, you know, be proud of what you're going through and realize that struggle will be a success story one day. I love that. That is powerful. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Well, Benji, thank you so much. Well, thanks for having me on the show. (laughs) This is really cool. This is really fun. So, oh my gosh, what an episode. Well, uh, thank you guys for tuning in and make sure you... uh, Hang out for our next episode. Benji, what are you <laughs> drinking today, by the way? Oh, so my favorite bubble tea flavor, uh, this will be a new tradition for the uh, show, is oolong, zero sugar, and just boba because the boba has sugar in it, it too. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, I cannot tell that this is 0% sugar. So I'm trying to help you stay healthy as well. <laughs> there you go. All right, it. guys. Until the next episode. See ya.